0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: So we're on this journey together. The title of this message is Groundwork. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through 25. Okay, here we go. It says, Luke by the Spirit says, Inasmuch as I have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those for whom from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having a perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed, There was in those days Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot failed to burn incense. And when he was, went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense, then the, an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you shall call his name John. to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place, because you did not believe my word, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house. And after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived. And she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among people." And Father, we thank you for your word. We're thankful for the great things that we see here, Lord, as you just prepare the way for your Messiah to come into the world, Lord, in the text. And I pray that you would just help us to just grow and hear what your spirit is saying as we go through these verses, Lord, that we would just be changed. And our hearts would be full, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So last time we looked at kind of a quasi-introduction and history of the narrative of the Bible and the narrative of our church and the narrative of of the Gospel of Luke and the book of Acts, we saw that Luke is actually one of two parts. And so there's a two-part series, Luke being one, and then Luke also wrote the, the book of Acts. But interestingly enough, as we look at these two books, Luke never mentions himself. Now, from very early on, it was accredited to Luke, and it makes sense that it belonged, you know, that the book actually was written by Luke, because we know from a couple different sources. One, for instance, that, it, that in Colossians, Paul says that he's a medical doctor. And as you look through the book, in the Greek, when, when Luke talks about a healing or he talks about somebody's eye, he doesn't use the common word for eye or the common word for, you know, a limb. He uses the medical term. That, they would, that a doctor would use. And so whoever wrote the book of Luke was trained medically, it would seem. And we know that about Luke. But he doesn't mention himself. However, he does tell us when he enters the narrative in the, Goss, or in the, book, in the book of Acts. rather. We see in, in Acts chapter 21, when they got to Troas and they sailed to Macedonia, he changes from the pronoun they to the pronoun we. And while they're in Philippi, he uses we. And then after they leave Philippi, and Paul, of course, left, you know, by himself. And, you know, the different people left at different times. But he doesn't ever include himself in anything until later on when they're on their way to Jerusalem. And then he comes back in, in Acts 21. And then we find out in Acts 27, and towards the end of the book, that he sailed to Rome with Paul. And that he was... Paul's companion all the way up until the end. And so that's why, or at least until the end of the book of Acts, and that's probably when Luke left Paul's company and began to compile these things that we're seeing here. Now, what's interesting is as you think about Luke being a doctor. It wasn't, it wasn't meaning that you know, Luke was the, the rich guy who funded the trip or anything like that. In fact, he didn't probably have a Lexus chariot or anything. He was just a, a slave. And in fact, oftentimes in those days, when somebody was a doctor, it was because they were owned by a wealthy family. They saw the aptitude of their slave, and so they had them trained in medicine so that the family could have their own private physician, and that's what Luke was. Now, somewhere along the line, Luke was saved, and somewhere along the line, and we don't know who his his owner was, but his owner was apparently saved as well. And so what would happen now is that this owner seeing Luke, you know, with the skills and the the calling that he had on his life would not keep him, but rather send him with Paul or send him out into the world to do this work that would end up being very impactful for the gospel. And so we have a Gentile slave physician who writes these two books. Now, what's kind of, you know, interesting? What, what's, what's kind of, in a, in a way, compelling when you think about Luke being a Gentile slave writing the Gospel of Luke in the book of Acts is that as you look at the, the volume of the New Testament, you know, of course, we usually attribute Paul to having the greater portion or being the greatest writer in The New Testament, however, there is controversy because if Paul didn't write the book of Hebrews, that means that Luke wrote most of the New Testament, which is kind of interesting, especially since he's a Gentile. Now, you have Paul, who obviously wrote more books than Luke, so he has the greater number of books, and I do believe that he wrote the book of Hebrews. However, it just it is kind of interesting that, that that could be the case. I just knew you wanted to know that. So, let's go ahead and jump in. Luke chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. It says... Inasmuch as many have taken in hand a set in order, a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those from whom the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having a perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write to you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you were instructed. And so Paul and we covered this a little bit last time, but, excuse me, not Paul, but Theophilus was a, a guy, you know, Luke writes to him. We know that by this title that he gives him, this isn't something you just say of anybody most excellent. It's, it's what you would say to somebody who is some sort of a dignitary or somebody who had a Roman place within the government. And so here's, here's a, some sort of diplomat or official or something like that. Many think that he was Paul's defense lawyer. And that Luke and Acts were actually written as part of Paul's case towards the defense of Christianity, kind of to prove to Caesar that Christianity is legitimate. I don't know if that's the case or not. But whatever the case is, Luke's relationship with Theophilus changes from Luke to Acts because he starts out with most excellent Theophilus. And then in Acts, he says just simply, "Oh Theophilus. And so he gives them more of a a personal type of a greeting. And so their relationship changed. It's possible that Theophilus wasn't a believer and became a believer. Or maybe they were both believers and their relationship just grew. But but, but whatever the case is. Uh, And so why, he says, there's many accounts. There's been many accounts made. And we know that there's accounts, right? We have Matthew, we have Mark, and we have John, besides Luke. And of course, we don't know if if John was written before or after the book of Luke. Some say before, some say after, but it doesn't matter. We already had a couple accounts. Why another one? Why would God see fit to have Luke, this historian, not, not somebody who was an eyewitness himself, but a historian, go and compile this information for eyewitnesses so that he could write this book? Now, perhaps, for Paul's defense, But beside that, there's some interesting and compelling things. Now, the early church discovered, as they read through the Gospel of Matthew, the Gospel of Mark, the Gospel of Luke, and the Gospel of John, that each one had its own flavor. In fact, each book of of the, the Gospels, the four Gospels, kind of showed Jesus in a different light.
0: Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety,